Welcome to Climbing the Pockets Mock Draft Mondays. Who will the Vikings pick and who's your favorite choice? Hello, everyone, and welcome to Mock Draft Monday. My name is Tyler Fornis, and I am your host here this evening. And joining me as always, my guy Ryan. Ryan, how are you? Doing well, man. How are you doing today? Uh, life is good. Life is good. And we are going to be doing a nice little mock draft. So, move the icons over in the corner. Perfect. Here we go. Let's get this rolling. Ryan, you got anything, uh, any beer with you today? Maybe some uh, Angry Inch? No angry inch today. I just drank the rest of my, uh, my growlers. I got to go pick one up here uh, for Wednesday's show um, for my, my weekly angry inch uh, show that shout out that I do, but yeah, I, um, no beer today. Actually, I just got off the bike, a Peloton bike. And uh, so I'm just uh, exhausted right now. So excited uh, to get, you know, w- woken up by some of this exciting mock drafting that we'll do here. Absolutely. And we're, we, we got a lot to talk about um, as I drink my Dunkaroo inspired Imperial Stout. Nice. Uh, oh, it's I'm a Dunkaroo nerd, so it's fantastic. So here we go. We have the Steelers offering 24, 55 and 217. And in return, get 14 and 125. The Jaguars are offering 25, 65 and 146. For 14 and 125. Now, I think far and away the better offer of these two is the Steelers because you get a second round pick. Yep. Uh, so let's talk about it. Do we want to accept this pick? We go back 10 spots with kind of who I was observing on the board. Devonta Smith is still there, but with how deep this receiver class is and kind of what my personal evaluation is of Smith, I think that we can hold off if we wanted to go receiver and it wouldn't be such a big deal. We get that second round pick and there is a lot of second round talent in this draft. How are you feeling with that, Ryan? I agree. You know, I pretty much every single opportunity I have to get a second round pick that comes up in these mock drafts. I'm, I'm trying to take that unless, you know, uh, a player that I absolutely love falls to us, which typically mm-hmm. isn't happening. So, and that that's this case here as well. I don't, I'm not in love with anyone that's left on the board. So I would love to, to get that second round pick. And that's what we are going to do. Devonta Smith, Micah Parsons, the biggest names on the board. And Devonta Smith goes 18 to the Dolphins. That is just filthy. Quiddy Pay, unfortunately, went at 22. Uh, he could have been a fun target for the Vikings, and he would be a guy I love at 14. Absolutely. All right. So, Bucks are offering 32, 137, and 246 for 24. The Bengals are offering a third, a seventh, and a second next year. That's going to be a hard no. Hard pass. <laughs> and the Chiefs are offering a first and then fourth next year. I don't think that's enough to be willing to move back seven spots. So we're going to say I no. I agree. All right, so here's the board we got right now. Najee Harris, Travis Etienne, both fantastic football players, but running backs in the first round are kind of like that last piece. And that's what the Chiefs thought they were doing last year, getting that Brian Westbrook that Andy Reid loved so much with his, uh, all his success in Philadelphia. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, 
didn't really produce uh, nearly what many, many were expecting, including myself. So you have Elijah Vera Tucker, the interior offensive lineman with tackle flexibility from USC. I don't think he's a tackle. I think he's a really, really high-level guard who can play tackle in a pinch. Uh, you've got Christian Barmore, who I just graded out. He's going to be my uh, uh, interior defensive tackle two or three by the time this process is done. I liked him, but I think he's incredibly raw, and he's going to need a lot of work in order to get him to where you want him to be. But the athleticism and size is there in tenfold. Terrace Marshall Jr., wide receiver, LSU, is an interesting one. Uh, big body, deep threat kind of receiver. Uh, and he played with Justin Jefferson in college, so there's a, a familiarity there. Zizel Zolari, Gregory Rousseau, a couple edge rushers. Nick Bolton, linebacker, doesn't really make sense with what the Vikings have on roster. Uh, if Kendricks was gone, that would be an interesting one. Uh, it's kind of same as Avon Collins. Kadarius Tony, I almost just want to take just so Jason's head will explode, and then we can talk about it and argue for the next two months. Uh, Liam Eikenberg is probably the best offensive lineman, not Elijah Bear Tucker on the board right now. Does he fit the zone scheme? No, he does not, but he is a plug-and-play starter day one who will be consistent, but he's not going to necessarily peak at a level that the Vikings would value here in the first round. All right, Ryan, when you take a look at the board, what do you see, what do you like? Yeah, so, you know, I, I look at two high potential um, toolsy prospects on the defensive line in Barmore and Russo that could be interesting. Um, however, both of those classes, uh, interior defense alignment is, isn't really a super deep class, but there's not a ton of, um, but there's a ton of talent that shows promise uh, that are in the mid rounds. So guys like, um Jalen Twyman and Marvin Wilson and Darius Stills um, out there that you could probably get probably in the third round, maybe fourth round, even depending on how everything shakes out. Obviously, these things are unpredictable. Um, and, and I don't see Barmore as a huge upgrade over those type of guys. I think he has a high, way higher potential. But he's, it's not a guaranteed day one instant impact kind of guy. When you look at uh, Russo, same kind of thing. There's a lot of, again, toolsy prospects that you can get in the second, third, fourth round that may, and, you know, unless you're looking at a guy who's proven like a, um, or like elite, elite trades like pay or uh, proven like uh, Russo's teammate. Um, Alan Phillips. Phillips. Phillips um, I, I have a hard time with that. A guy that I find interesting here is uh, Greg Newsom from uh, Northwestern. Uh, he's a uh, doing uh, more research on his tape, he is a baller. Uh, he has shut down some of these great re receivers here in the Big Ten, uh, going against some some really good talent here from Ohio State, Michigan, and um, and Minnesota with Bateman and Tyler Johnson. Um, he's he fits the size profile, fits a scheme that we typically like to play in terms of he he's actually pretty versatile. Um, mm -hmm. So I think he can play on the outside, be a Again, it's a high risk because we're going into now having three really young um, cornerbacks and two back-to-back first-round corners there. But I really like him, and he's not going to last to our pick in the second round. Um, he's somebody that I find is an interesting pick in a class that's, again, got some depth, 
but not elite players outside of those top three. But I, the more and more I'm, uh, you know, doing research on him, he's actually kind of making me consider stretching out that tier one into a uh, four, four person uh, tier elite corner. So um, that that's kind of what I'm looking at. I would, I'd probably be, be looking at Barmore or Newsom here personally. Um, what, what are your thoughts? I have a really tough time with Gregory Rousseau because it's undeniable that the traits are just phenomenal. Uh, he has every ounce of size and athleticism and quickness that you want. He doesn't know how to use technique at all. And that's scary for an athlete, his size, athleticism and production. He had 15 and a half sacks as a redshirt freshman in 2019. The fact that he can't use technique at all is scary, which is why I would not touch him round one. If you want to take him, like I get it. I understand because he has everything you want as far as a moldable player. I think probably an interesting route to go. And you kind of mentioned is Greg Newsom, the second cornerback Northwestern. He's a, that's just a really good football player and a ball hawk. And I think he could end up by corner four in this class. I have not finished his tape yet. I'm trying to score some Northwestern stuff, but it's, it's been really hard to get, get some good quality tape out there right now. Um, Richie Grant is another fun one. Uh, absolute beast as a true center fielder free safety. And with Harrison Smith starting to kind of be on the back end of his prime and start to transition to a guy who is going to use his football IQ to win more than his athleticism and speed, having a center fielder opposite him would be a really good idea. Uh, I think just because of where I'm at with Rousseau, I wouldn't want him. If Jalen Phillips was here, I would take him because if the medical is clear, I think he is the far and away the second best pass rusher in this class. He has all the size and athleticism that you get in Gregory Rousseau, but he's, he's got tools in the toolbox built already. And for me, that's important. Uh, He's got that high ceiling, but he's also got a lower floor because of that. I think with all things considered, I think we should go Greg Newsome. It's a new name uh, on this for us on Mock Draft Mondays. And it's a logical one because the Vikings still need a corner. Uh, there's talk that maybe Jeff Gladney could move inside. I think he could thrive there, but I also think you shouldn't give up on him as an outside corner. Cam Dancer flashed last year and played very well at times, but he was still a third-round rookie, and there's a reason for it. He was inconsistent. So adding a third guy, Mike Hughes probably isn't coming back for year five. Now you have three solid corners going to their second and third year for 2022. And we just saw what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers did. All four of their starters were young, were drafted in rounds two, three, and four. And they made a massive impact against the Kansas City Chiefs. I love it. I, I say we go for it. And yeah, you know, like I said, switch it up. You know, people don't want to see the same thing each and every week. And um, I love the new name. And like I said, everything that I'm seeing on this kid, he is just a baller. So I'm excited. Mm-hmm. for it. He absolutely is a baller. And if you can ball out and stand out at a school like Northwestern, where you're never going to be that high end guy, but you're just going to be a, a really good team, a really good football player. That, that says something to me, especially when you're playing in the Big Ten. All right, here we go. So we've got 73 and 113 for 55. We've got 75 and 115 for 55. 
Oh, I don't want to move back at all. I want to keep this pick. I, I agree. Those, those are compelling offers. I, I they're mm-hmm. not bad offers, but it's the type of talent that are still on the board and you know, the, the uh, what might still be available at that point in time isn't paralleled. So I think that we keep this pick and see what we have to work with. Absolutely. And what's really interesting about kind of where we're sitting here at pick 55 is the guy I just released a scouting report for on climbing the pocket.com Kelvin Joseph, also known as boss man fat, uh, a cornerback out of Kentucky. I don't know how he fits with the Mike Zimmer defense. Mike Zimmer really does cater his team to what the personnel he has. Joseph is a cover three corner. He has some ability in press man, but he's incredibly raw and his aggression leads him to overcommit and just, he gets burned. So uh, starting him off in like a cover three shell where he thrives in that deep third, would be perfect for him. I don't know if necessarily that's the Vikings. And because Greg Newsom was the pick, I don't think the Vikings would go in that direction at this point. Anyways, I think my love for Dwayne Eskridge has been stated plenty on this show. Tutu Atwell is an interesting one, but he's a gadget guy. Uh, he is dollar store Kadarius Tony to me. He's smaller than Tony, runs less physical. And I don't necessarily see him as a, great player. Um, I'm also incredibly low on Amon Ross St. Brown. Tommy uh, Toji, I, I think I butchered that. He's on the board. Uh, ba- Carlos Basham Jr. and James Hudson are two guys I want to focus on. Ryan, have you been able to watch either of these two players yet? I haven't actually. I, I uh, thought I thought I had my hands on some Basham tape, but unfortunately that didn't work. So um, I'm going to have to go back to the drawing board there, but uh, everything that I've seen from the um, YouTube uh, stuff that I'm able to find on YouTube and stuff, he, he looks um, the part. I think that he's got a lot of talent, but I haven't gotten a d- deep dive into him. So Basham's weird. And as you can tell by looking at the screen, he's 6'3 and 281. He's a real tweener. He is a big boy, but he's got a great first step and he's very quick off the ball. He can, uh, play a true edge, kind of be like that five technique, that Everson Griffin role. He's not the athlete that Everson Griffin was, but he can also move to the inside on pass rushdowns where we desperately need some help as well. And then James Hudson, the offensive tackle out of Cincinnati. He was a defensive line recruit to Michigan, transferred to Cincinnati. He's been playing the position for two years. And you can you could see at the senior bowl how good he can be. He has the ability to move incredibly well. Those vertical sets were fantastic. He Once he gets hands on you, it's over, but he's also still a little raw and needs some refining. Now, at this position last year at 58, we took Ezra Cleveland. Cleveland was moved inside to guard. His future at tackle is a, a big unknown right now. And quite frankly, I think James Hudson is a better prospect than Ezra Cleveland was. I don't know if that's a hot take, but I love what I see from James Hudson. I'm excited to take though, because people were loving Cleveland, even, even as a first round pick potentially last year. And I'm not saying that you're wrong mm-hmm. or that I disagree with you. I'm just saying that, you know, that's uh that's a good take. I love that. Yeah. It's uh Cleveland uh, fit the identical profile of Brian O'Neill, which is why people kept sending him to the Vikings. Like this is what they look for. This is what they want. There's precedent for it. And you're right. There is. James Hudson is going to fit a very similar athletic profile. 6'4", 302, a great athlete, very fluid in his sets, uh, has a powerful punch. He needs refining. 
And I think that's the big thing with James Hudson. Yeah, he's not a finished product. And with Riley Reef there, I think Hudson could play a little bit of guard initially uh, just to learn footwork, play next to quality offensive linemen, play, just play. And then once you figure out what you're doing with Reef, if it's a long-term thing or a short-term thing, you can slide Hudson out to tackle. And even so, if you're playing him at guard for a couple of years, it's really not a big deal to me because even though I'm team guards don't matter, second, third round, fourth round, that's your sweet spot for guard. That's where you're going to find the majority of your quality guards in the National Football League. You can find a Wyatt Taylor every now and then in round five. The Vikings made a living for 15 years drafting centers in the sixth round. Matt Burke, James Sullivan. like They did a fantastic job finding those guys, developing them, and then all of a sudden you have top-tier talent on the interior for almost no draft capital. So – where are you sitting, Ryan? We kind of talked a few names here. Chas Surratt's an interesting one, but it's a linebacker, and he's – I I don't think that's a value for what the Vikings do on defense and what they have currently. Uh, we talked, we did take Jabril Cox last week, but I think he fits more of an Anthony Barr-type role where Chas Surratt, I'm not convinced he would. Um, right. Ryan, what do you think in here? What do we have up top now? Is, is Chaz the top of the list here? Uh, no, there's a couple more guys. Uh, Tutu Atwell. Um, oh, I didn't even see these guys. Well, yeah, this changes hey, everything. I didn't, I didn't see like uh, Morey go off. I didn't see Leatherwood come out. You know, my boy Ronnie Perkins is here. We're going to ignore uh, Perkins because I, do, I want you to be able to finish this segment without uh, losing your mind. Absolutely. Well, <laughs> absolutely. So a couple of interesting names here. Morig is my top safety um, I, uh, prospect so far. Um, again, I haven't gotten through all of Grant's tape yet. So, um, but Morig is just as versatile as they come. He, um, he he's a ball hawk. He can uh, get down in the box. He kind of reminds me actually quite a bit of, um, and I, I'm not trying to make the direct comparison, but of a Harrison Smith. He's got that type of skill set where he's going to be very versatile. Leatherwood, I don't see as an offensive tackle in the NFL. I see him as a guard. Um, and he had, does have some athleticism to him. Uh, I know he's kind of more uh, fitting the scheme of more of like a power gap kind of guy. But I think at guard, he's got enough mobility and lateral agility, I think, to get out in space a little bit. So he's somebody that I would consider there. Um, Holland is also another good safety prospect that I'm enjoying watching so far. Um, again, another versatile guy. Leadership is what I see in him. Um, I think that he could be really a good voice to kind of take over that Harrison Smith spot in the back end. Um, yeah. And then another guy that I've really enjoyed uh, seeing, uh, you know, on tape here is, um, and I, I won't, I'll butcher the name, but Jay Tufele. You did a good job, Ryan Tufele. Yeah. Yeah, and he he's explosive. So he he's going to be a true three tech, uh, just explosive out of the gates. Um, he's got a few different moves in his arsenal here: uh, swim move and a, a pretty strong bull rush. Um, I, I enjoy what I'm seeing out of him. And honestly, if I'm making the pick, that's probably who I go with here, just because I think mm-hmm. he has the highest upside um, for a position that's really really important for us uh, to get a solid three tech. So if we don't address it in free agency, which I do think we might, um, he's a guy that I would want to pick here. Yeah. And I think one thing that we should also look at too, uh, Joe Tryon and my scouting report for him dropped last week for climbing the pocket. Mm -hmm. And Tryon is a very interesting guy because 
there were times where he just didn't show the bend that you wanted out of out of an edge. That Washington's defense is just very frustrating to watch. And I have a uh, Washington expert coming on the Skull Search podcast here in the coming days. And we already recorded the episode, but we talked about Tryon. And they run a 2-2-2-5. So it's basically two interior defensive linemen and then four guys kind of playing like hybridish roles. You're going to have two pass rushers, two guys drop back, five DBs. And they rotate these guys out like hockey lines. So it's very frustrating to watch, but it's very fun. The, the defense is incredibly complex and challenging for offenses to read. And Tryon, throughout the course of his the 2019 season, was fantastic. Yeah, he did a great job evolving as a run defender, and he really started to understand how to play smart football. I think he has he has a few tools in the, the tool chest. And his bend has been improving all off season. So I think I would, I would consider Joe Tryon here and Tufele. I think both of those guys would be excellent picks. Uh, Ryan, what are your thoughts on Tryon? And then let's, let's come to a conclusion on this one. Yeah, I actually read your scouting report um, and it gave me some better context as to some of the things that I was missing on him. Uh, so I appreciate that, Reed. If you guys uh, have time, you should go check out Tyler's uh, scouting report and all of his. He's been putting out uh, roughly, a, what, two, three a week. So um, and, trying, and- trying for one every weekday, but it's it's a little hard when you're working 50 hours a week. Absolutely. Yeah. So, but yeah, great content out there guys, if you're, if you're interested and just a quick shout out, um, you know, we have quite a few people here in the, in uh, watching with us today, our chat feature is not working right now. So we'd love to see your comments and, and respond. Unfortunately, we're not being able to see those, but we appreciate you guys logging on and, and joining us here today. Um, so, so going back to it, uh, I haven't gotten a full look at Tryon, so I'm really just going and, and off of your scouting report and what you've told me about him. Um, so honestly, I'm good at either pick here. Obviously we know I'm taking Perkins in real life in this situation, but since we're staying away from him, cause I know we all kind of like him here. Um, I, I, again, just because I know Tufele better than I know Tryon, that's who I'd go with here. But if you want to go Tryon and we can try to attack, um, yeah. Uh, interior defense alignment that's great as well yeah well here i'll show you this a sneak peek at my big board since i have it up Tryon is ranked higher than ronnie perkins by a good three points but that's a mistake is it a mistake right <laughs> opinions opinions i have actually i have perkins and i know i'm biased because i have oklahoma bias but um I've watched a kid play for three years. Um, he, he's fantastic. And um, I, I actually have him rated. I'm, I'm still trying to get my final rate rankings going because I haven't uh, gone through all my um, info here yet, but I have him ranked uh, number two or three right now. It's a little high for my taste, but I don't hate it. I think, I think Perkins is a fantastic football player. So, so when, when I get guys who are rated very similarly, you know, like in terms of technique, in terms of uh, motor strength, length, I mean, Perkins got plenty of length to, to work with. Um, when, when I get, you know, people ranked in that similar boat, then I go into like, what's the intangibles and that dude is a dog. So going back to, I, I know I mentioned it last week. I like my corners to have dog in them. I like all my players to have dog in them and he's a dog. He's going to chirp. He's going to get in the minds of those offensive linemen and, you know, maybe getting them to throw a, a puncher here or there. He's yeah. done it already. He got, um, 
he got the, and I'm drawing a blank on his name, but the Oklahoma State quarterback to come after him after he whooped his ass last year. Um, and and uh, just, Spencer Sanders. Sanders, that's right. So, um, and, and he's gotten him to react just because he's chirping and, he, and he's dominating and that just gets in their head. I love that in a player. So that, you know, when I have guys who are ranked very similarly, sometimes I'll give a notch up to a guy like that because of that. But I, I um, will say this, if you want to watch some X-rated tape, Watch Ronnie Perkins or Oklahoma State this year. It oh, was yeah. absolutely disgusting what he was oh. doing to Tevin Jenkins and then whoever replaced him after he got hurt. It was oh, – he chose violence that day. Yeah. All right, Ryan, yeah. I'll let so, you make uh, the pick. You make the pick. Yeah, you make the pick. Like I said, I know Tufele better than I know Tryon, so um, that's who I would go with just for familiarity. But if you feel like mm-hmm. Tryon is is the uh, higher on your board, uh, go with that because I think there's plenty of interior defense alignment left in this draft to go off of. I think there's more defense. I, th- I think there's more three tech talent than there is edge talent left in this draft. See, I'm gonna actually disagree with you. I actually think it's it's comparable. Edge is very deep this year, um, so we'll. We'll kind of go, we'll go to Fela here. We'll kind of see how the board falls. I'm wondering if uh, my guy, Dwayne Eskridge ends up making it to 78. We just got an offer to move up to 61. See, this is interesting because we already gave up one fourth to get 55, but we would move up from 78 to 61 for 134. We would still have two fourth round picks, but now we would have two seconds a first and a third. So you're not getting as much quantity, but you're getting a little more, quite a bit more quality. Right. And uh, I I don't remember seeing which guys just got taken of the guys that we were just talking about. I did see Leatherwood and Perkins get uh, off the board. I didn't know if Tryon did. Uh, So again, if we could maybe get both of the guys that we wanted um, here again, I feel like there's still quite a bit of depth in this class and to give up a fourth, uh, uh, on top of that third um, is a, is a little tough for me personally. Uh, if that was, if we countered with a fifth to, to see if they'd accept maybe, but um, I, I say we keep our picks personally. I'm with you. Let's keep the picks. See what happens. Tryon was already gone. He went to our good friend, Kevin Stefanski and Dwayne Eskridge went to Tampa Bay. That's disgusting. That's not fair. <laughs> I don't like it. Um, 66 for 78 and 172. Uh, I don't think there's enough on the board to take it. Right. I agree. So top set, my top safety just went off the board. Whoa. Okay. Go up from 78 to 70 for 236. Yeah. I I I think that's fair. It is fair. I mean, I I don't think that we're losing out a lot here and uh, yeah, we can go grab a guy that we feel confident, confident in. Uh, we talked about Basham already. He's uh, obviously, again, that tweener guy. So does he lean out and and be a more of a true edge or do does he bulk up and be a three tech? I know that's some of the scouting reports that I've read on him. Again, I haven't looked at him personally myself. Um, yeah. Josh Myers, interior offensive lineman, not necessarily a true scheme fit. I think he's got some talent. I think he... Uh, probably has a little bit more mobility than, uh, than the, than he was asked to do at Ohio state. But again, uh, we haven't really necessarily seen it on tape. So there's some risk there. Um, he is a true center. I don't think he played any guard. Is that correct, Tyler? Um, he's, he's projecting as a center according to Kyle Krabs, but 
I think as an interior guy, I think he can play guard. He has played guard a little bit at Ohio State. Uh, okay. But as it says right here, and I completely agree with Kyle Krabs' uh, definition, he's best working in a phone booth. So short areas, he's not required to move a lot. He's just required to get on a guy and move him. So that's not exactly what you would call a fit for the Minnesota Vikings. And that's that's a little worrisome for me, especially with how we run our offense. Um, Absolutely. I mean, I but, agree with that. And, and and the hard part here, too, is that now we're getting into the realm here for interior offense alignment that you're not getting a lot of guys who are true scheme fits, uh, per se. Uh, you're getting a lot of power gap uh, in this range here. Um, I think there's a couple guys, your boy out of East Carolina um, is one of them that, that could be a scheme fit. Uh, Deontay Smith, mm-hmm. again, is this a little early for him? He's more of a, a guy that you're taking him based on scheme fit and potential. Um, and, and we're sitting at 70, but he's going to go soon likely because pe- there are more teams adopting this more athletic lineman philosophy yeah. and there's not a lot of them in this class so he's going to probably go a little higher than we anticipate um one guy i was going to ask you about is brevin jordan available brevin jordan let's take a look tight end brevin jordan is available i kind of worry about brevin jordan a little bit because at the catch point he's not very good and what i mean by that is if there's any kind of physical contact he's he's not that guy He's if he gets the ball in his hands, he's fantastic. They schemed him open quite a bit. They got him the ball in his hands and he was dynamite. But when it came to, hey, I gotta I gotta go up against a physical safety or a linebacker and I gotta go moss it, he's he's just not that guy. Sure. I think Tommy Tremble as far as tight ends would be a a, a better option. He, he, he can kind of do a little bit of everything. He's got above average athleticism. Um, he's got good size. You can see there, 6'4", 248. Um, and I think him and Irv could both be like extra weapons, especially with the Vikings not valuing that wide receiver three position. I think having Tremble and Irv Smith Jr. could really make a big difference long-term for helping balance out the lack of a wide receiver three. Hunter Long basically young Kyle Rudolph kind of even looks like him. Like the, the way they played, the way they play is very, very similar. So if you get rid of Kyle Rudolph, you draft harder along, you're basically bringing the same guy in. So see, and, and where I like Brevin uh, Jordan here over some of these other guys, Tommy Tremble, I think is going to be a better, uh, you know, uh, tight end from the perspective of, of being more of a true receiver. Uh, or like a tight tight end, right? Um, where I see Brevin Jordan is being a solid mix of both, where he could be a functional blocker, which we need at that tight end two position. Again, you're not trying to draft a guy with your early third round pick to be a blocker, but if you have an individual like him who can, uh, when we're running our 12 personnel, where um, you might be able to do some pre pre snap movement and move. Irv off the line and then get him into some matchups in space with 
but still have the ability to have uh, Jordan out there, hopefully creating some mismatches and blocking. Um, again, just an, a guy that, you know, it's something that we haven't really talked about on Mock Draft Monday that I've, at least since I've been joining the show for the last three weeks, mm-hmm. um, where I don't necessarily think tight end is a, is a super big need, but but if a guy with that type of athleticism and caliber of play is available, he's some, something interesting that I wanted to talk through with you just to get your perspective. No, I agree. I think it, tight end should be a priority at some point in the draft. Uh, I would like to get a body in the room. And I think at a certain point, a guy like Brevin Jordan, if he's there at like pick 90, I think we should really have that conversation because I think the value is just too good. Hunter Long, if he's there at 90 or one of our fourth round picks, we need to have that conversation as well. Trey McKitty would be a fun option with his athleticism and size. Love like wrong And like end around four, round five. But I do think that there are other needs that we need to address first. Absolutely. Um, obviously, we got Tufele, we got Newsom, and now we're making our first third round pick. I think we need to uh, consider an edge here. And I think Carlos Basham is probably that guy. Dale Odeingbo, I, I butchered that. Um, he He's an edge. Uh, he played a lot of defensive tackle at Vanderbilt, but as you can kind of tell, he, he can do a little bit of everything. So uh, the one tough part about um, Dale is he tore his Achilles uh, working out about a month and a half ago. So Ooh. he's probably not going to see the field until November. He's probably not going to be fully healthy until 2022. So you're kind of taking a little bit of risk with him. And considering how the Vikings are kind of in a win now mode, they, they probably won't take him until round four. I think Carlos Basham Jr., should be the pick here gives the Vikings a lot of flexibility. Uh, Basham can be a uh, inside pass rusher. You get, think of like uh, DJ Wanham on the outside Tufele, Basham jr. On the inside Hunter on the other side. I think you have a very capable pass rush unit there with a lot of guys who can get quick penetration. And I think that's honestly what we need the most right now. Quick penetration. Let's roll with it. I love it. Carlos Basham Jr. to the Minnesota Vikings at pick 70. And Odangbo goes next. The Washington football team, a five to go up to 74. I don't think there's anybody dire that we need to take here. I'm glad we agree, sir. Too bad Melifonwu would have been really fun if, if he was available at 74. I love Melifonwu. Yep. Absolutely. I, I do too. I think he's a, he's got a lot of talent. Um, again, is he going to be fit our scheme? I think he's versatile enough to do so. Mm-hmm. Um, I know some people are kind of pegging him into that cover three as well. Um, yeah. But I, I think he's got more to him than that. Um, but I think that's maybe where he thrives the best. I, see, I don't think he's a cover three only. I think yeah. he's going to thrive best in a cover three, especially right away. Uh, kind of the same thing we talked about with Kelvin Joseph earlier, except I think Melifon was a better, more refined football player. Sure. Uh, right here, to move sure. down 14 spots, we get a sixth. Yeah. I'm team trade down, but that's weak. Yeah, it's not enough for me to want to do it. All right, here we go. Jabril Cox, Peyton Turner, Kenneth Gainwell, Quincy Roche, Spencer Brown, Hamson Dean. 
think Trill Williams is available. We don't really need another corner, but you know, he's another interesting name that I like if we didn't go corner earlier in the draft. I have not gotten to Trill Williams yet. So I'm excited to get to his tape. Aline McNeil, who we have drafted before. Jordan Smith, the edge out of UAB is an interesting one. If you remember the Florida Gator credit card scandal in 2017, he was one of those guys. So there's a little bit of character red flag concerns, but if he was recruited as a defensive end out of Florida to go to Florida, you know that he's got some talent and he showed that at UAB, which is why there's talk of him going on day two. Um, I think, I think it'd be important here. There's some good talent here. We've, we last week, we talked about Jabril Cox. Uh, We talked about, um, you know, earlier we talked about Hunter Long. I know in in the past year, we've talked about Peyton Turner. Um, And, and, you know, obviously I I believe, and I could be wrong, he might've gone, but Deontay Smith's still available. Um, I think it would be kind of important to address the offensive line here at some point. Um, Mm -hmm. And, and again, talent isn't, plentiful here in, in this draft, I think. So, um, you know, all of that, that is good and dandy. I really like Nazir Dean uh, from, from Florida state. I think he's yes. a little big safety. He can provide you a lot of different ways to utilize him maybe in a way where not interchangeable with Smith, but in terms of like, he can play um, in the slot, he could play closer to the line. He's got some enough athleticism to play single high or split safety in the back end there. Um, he's just kind of one of those ballers. He's been riddled with a couple injuries that mm-hmm. uh, that are some concern. But, you know, I, I take a look at him, and I think I mentioned this last week. He's kind of like a mini Derwin James. Not as good. I'm not trying to compare the two as, you know, tit for tat. But I think he's got some of that game in him that is intriguing to me. Mm-hmm. I would be interested to see how Zimmer could utilize that type of talent in this defense. I really like his ability to be versatile. And you already have a chess piece player in Anthony Barr, one of the best blitzers in the National Football League. And his length and coverage ability is fantastic. I know a lot of Vikings fans still point to the game he had against the Los Angeles Rams in 2018. He got annihilated. There's really no ifs, ands, or buts about it. He was hung out to dry in a couple of situations, and that was the genius of Sean McVay. He was able to pinpoint when Barr was going to be in situations like that, and he ripped it apart and took advantage. And I think outside of that, there's a reason why Barr is being paid as much as he is to play an off-ball linebacker role for the Minnesota Vikings. Oh, excuse me. I think Nasserl Dean's a fantastic option. I think Spencer Brown, Northern Iowa is another really good option. If you want to fortify the offensive line kind of stinks. There really isn't a great interior guy here right now. Um, but I I'm kind of with you, Ryan. I think Nasserl Dean is going to be a great pick. Um, Peyton Turner. If you really want to throw bodies at, at that uh, defensive line, Peyton Turner with the flexibility to go inside and outside him and Basham. And then you have to You're just getting beef up front and there's a lot to like with those guys. So I'll let you make the pick. Yeah. Cyril Dean, Peyton Turner. Uh, I, I say we go to zero Dean. Let's knock off another, uh, you know, position checklist here and, um, and see where it takes us. Fantastic. And now this is where we're hitting the compensatory picks now. What's frustrating is because Trey Waynes tore his pectoral and did not play at all. 
the Vikings aren't getting a third round pick. They're projected to get a fourth round compensatory selection for him, which kind of hurts. That would have been really, really nice to have. Your boy, Kyle Trask almost made it to us. We could have traded up for him. I like Kyle Trask, but I haven't done his final film eval yet because I'm scared I'm going to hate him and I love him. <laughs> so yeah, I can never hate an Oklahoma quarterback. So um, even if they have massive flaws, uh, they, they'll never get a negative grade from me. I'll, I, I try my best to be honest and as unbiased as possible. Everybody right. has biases. I have them too. It's tough to overcome them, but I do my best. Absolutely. I think right here, Kylan Hill has to be the pick because he's amazing and I love him. No, uh, I didn't sell you. Okay, well let's let's actually have that conversation. So, Robert Hainsey, Robert Hainsey right here, I think is a no because uh, he's a power gap scheme guy. Deontay Smith is available. Obviously, everybody on the Twitter sphere and who has watched the show knows I love Deontay Smith, and I I love what he has the ability to bring to the Minnesota Vikings. The fact that there are measurables on him, legit measurables, and not what was being tweeted out by players at the Exos Combine, I think is a really big deal. Deontay Smith has the size. He projects to have the athletic profile to be incredibly successful at the next level. I I know we've taken him before, but that's the no-brain pick here if we're just being real with ourselves. Now – if you know so so if we want to try to take somebody else and we're just lying to ourselves in terms of what we need right now there's some other good players here that we can talk about briefly before we take smith just mm-hmm. to give our listeners some context as to some other players here uh, uh Janarius robinson fantastic yes. option here for uh if you're looking for another edge long lean athletic guy who can really get after the pass rusher I really like what I've seen from him. Um, he's definitely in the mold. Again, I'm not trying to make comparisons as to what these players are today of a Daniil Hunter type, right? He's not going to match the Everson Griffin profile like Basham does. He's going to match more of the um, Daniil Hunter type. Again, long, lean, athletic kind of guy. Um, I, I really like him, especially in this spot. If we didn't take Basham already or if we didn't have Deontay Smith as a clear-cut option, um, I really like what he brings. Um, David Moore is a, a guy, interior offensive lineman, that uh, a lot of people have talked about. Um, he's he's a big boy. <laughs> he's athletic for a big boy, but he's still a big boy. I'm not quite sure he's going to, again – fit the scheme. Now I always have a hard time with this because for me, I just want a guy who can block both run and pass block. So there's talk of like Orlando Brown, but maybe potentially we're interested in him. And people are saying, no, he's not a scheme fit. I don't care. The people don't get around him. People cannot get past that guy. I mean, they do of course, but like, Hey, Ryan, Ryan, where did Brown go to college? I I forget. Can you tell me? Oklahoma. Oh, weird. But I'm just saying, like, again, that's just a normal example or a an, an, uh, more recent example of a player that we're saying no to because he, we feel like he's not athletic enough to get out and block, which I've seen him being able to do. Um, Moore is in that kind of same mold. He can get out and block. He can get out in space. He's probably better fit for a more of a power gap or even just like an inside zone type of uh, uh, scheme. But I think he's a player that, if available, and again, if uh, Deontay Smith wasn't available, I would be interested in here. Um, but whereas Hainsey, I do agree with you. I don't think he has the athletic 
Uh, I think he's limited athletically, and I don't like what – I actually just don't like Hansi. I just don't really like his tape. I don't think he's that quality of a player. I'm surprised he's um, rated this high. So that's a, just to provide some context to a few of these guys. Yep. And I think the one interesting thing we talked specifically with about David Moore is I think he can be his own guy. Uh, he has longer arms for guys only six, one and a half. He's built like a bowling ball, but he's not unathletic. He can move. And I think that's important, but Deontay Smith, he's, he's my dude. And yep. I think he, he is, he, his ability to play all four positions is the reason why we're taking him here. He can play both guard and both tackle spots. And when you're taking a guy in the fourth round, who's going to be a backup offensive lineman for you, you need that flexibility. And that makes a massive, massive difference. So here we go. We have some interesting names here. And I think one that we need to talk about Seth Williams, wide receiver, Auburn. Seth Williams played with Bo Nix. And if you watch college football, you know, Bo Nix is bad. Bo Nix is really bad. I want to like Bo Nix. He has a great arm. He's got moxie, but he's just not very good. Uh, Josh Bledsoe, um, some of the guys I also write with at Blue Chip Scouting have been raving about Bledsoe the past couple days, and I'm excited to get to his film. Ellerson Smith is still on the board. Chauncey Golston, Rashad Weaver, Jonathan Cooper. We can take another edge here. We can feel pretty dang good about the quality. Yep. Walker Little is an interesting name here. Again, I know we just took an offensive tackle and hopefully the uh, left tackle of the future, but Walker Little is an interesting uh, case study here because he is a guy that um, kind of fits the bill of a prototypical left tackle. And he's pretty versatile enough. Again, I'm not going to say he's, um, he's Trent Williams or anything from an athletic standpoint, but he's athletic enough to play in our scheme as well as into a power scheme. I think he's versatile. He hasn't mm-hmm. played in like a year and a half, almost two years because of an injury in 2019. And then he sat out this year. So you're kind of getting, and I think that's probably why he's sitting here we're in the fourth round, I believe. Right. Um, yes. Sitting here available in the fourth round, because I think if he doesn't get hurt and he plays this year, we're talking a second round talent. So there was talk after his freshman season that he would go round one. Yeah, absolutely. I, 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 you know, after looking at him more um, from his sophomore year, I I don't think that that was the case still. Maybe I'm wrong, but he's interesting. I, I, again, not somebody I'm taking here, given the fact that what we just took, but uh, another guy that, again, if we don't, if Smith's not available and we're looking for a left tackle or just an offensive tackle in general um, in, in the you know fourth round, he's somebody that I think you can get, it's maybe a higher risk given the unknowns, uh, but high upside. See, I actually think we should kind of go with him because even though he's only flash and he hasn't really shown any kind of consistency or the ability to play, I think the flashes are good, man. And because the flashes are good and you need to continue to grow this offensive line room and get really quality players in there, I think he's a risk worth taking. It's round four. You're not getting finished products in round four. You're getting high quality dart throws in round four. And I think Walker little with how he started his college career is a great dart throw. Sure. 
Boom. And, and if you have Deontay Smith there, I think Deontay Smith does have versatility too. I mean, he does fit the uh, the offensive tackle uh, profile, but mm-hmm. if we needed him to play guard, I think he could play it at an extremely high level. If, yep. you know, if we needed to in this situation. You remember when we were talking to Tryon and Tufele? We took yeah. Tufele. Look at this edge group right now. Yeah. Cameron Sample, Dalen Hayes, Rashad Weaver, Chauncey Golson. That's four quality football players available at 143. Yep. So when I look at all these guys, Rashad Weaver's on my docket to watch tonight, and I am really excited because whenever I when I watched Jalen Twyman, he and Patrick Jones kept flashing across the screen. Now, if those three guys ended up on like a Florida or an Oklahoma or a Texas. We'd be talking about them a lot more, I think, but they were at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh just didn't get the publicity. These guys are good football players. Cameron Sample obviously probably had the biggest senior bowl for an unknown coming in, and then he just rose up and just dominated competition. Dalen Hayes was really good at the senior bowl as well. Chauncey Golson, I'll be honest, I don't know a whole lot about. I just know he's a solid football player. Yeah, Uh, I think we can probably, even though we are both big weapons guys, I don't see Seth Williams being a massive value over any of these edge players. So I think it would be smart to continue to fortify the trenches, which were absolutely incredibly abysmal last year. And if you fix the trenches, this team probably wins 11 or 12 games. Sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, tough schedule this year. But, yeah, I think if we do that, we can really boost mm-hmm. our stock here. And because of that, I think uh, Cameron Sample is going to be the guy. Highest uh, upside, I think, of the of those guys you're talking about. Yep. Cameron Sample is the guy at 143. And our draft has been finalized. So we'll run it down here real quick. Disappointed we didn't get a wide receiver three, but, you know, it's a good thing that uh, to flip chagrin here that we signed Keelan Cole in our hypothetical. Yeah. Uh, so, so we have that option. So. Absolutely. So cornerback, Greg Newsom, Northwestern, three technique, defensive tackle, J2 USC, edge, Carlos Basham, Wake Forest, safety, Hamsa Nasruddin, Florida State, offensive lineman, Deontay Smith, East Carolina, Offensive tackle, Walker Little, Stanford, and Edge Cameron Sample from Tulane. I think if this draft class ended up being what happened for the Minnesota Vikings, I think we you can agree on two things. One, it's not sexy. This is not a sexy draft class. But two, quality players at really good value that feel big-time needs. And I think you can feel really good about the direction of what this Vikings team is even though you didn't get that extra weapon for Kirk Cousins. But we'll also be honest, as much as we want it to happen, you need to start preparing yourself for the fact that it might not because this team just does not value that wide receiver three based on past history. Right. How are you feeling about this class, Ryan? 
Exactly what you said. I mean, I don't think we're going to have too many people super pumped. Uh, we took another corner in the first. Um, I There's going to be a big, uh, big uh, group of people out there who's screaming, where's our receiver three that we need? Um, and, you know, guys, there's still Daz Newsome out there in that, uh, you know, for that next round that we didn't do tonight. Uh, Anthony Schwartz. I mean, there's still some talent out there at receiver that we can go and take some risk on. Jalen Darden, uh, that, that you know, would, would have been options had we continued this mock draft. But we we kind of capped it here. Um, so, you know, th there's going to be options for us. I think this is a high quality. Again, I really like all of these players here. The only one that I don't know as much about um, are our two edge guys, but I'm going to trust you because I read your stuff and it's all mirrors a lot of what I think. Um, so I, I, I love it. Jason, welcome to the show. I've, I've been watching the whole time and, uh, you know, I feel like maybe Mike Zimmer came in here and, and, and hacked the planet <laughs> Got in here because this, if this, if any of the drafts we've done so far feels like one that is likely to happen, it's this one here with Vikings fans angry as hell. Mm -hmm. Zimmer got his all defensive draft. And based on his comments about the offense being pretty close and being pretty good, seeing a draft like this probably would not be that surprising. So if we're looking for, for realism, this feels a lot like what I would expect to see. Not what I'm hoping to see, but what I would expect to see. We got some good mm -hmm. players here. They fill needs. And, uh, yeah, you know, we bolstered the offensive line with some guys who I think will uh, be able to play above the level of where you drafted them. So not really much to really poke holes at, um, except for what Ryan pointed out, which is, you know, no wide receiver yet. Mm -hmm. But with the depth of this class, you know, Jalen Darden and some other folks are still out there can double up, maybe triple up with all those later round picks that yeah. we have and, and just hope, you know, one or two of those guys are able to get through and be productive. So uh, excellent job. And, uh, you know, we made it through our first live show sans David. He's down there hanging out with his new grandbaby. And uh, I'm going to see if I can figure out how to play this music so we can get y'all up out of here. Absolutely. And uh, we kept thinking we wanted to get that wide receiver, but the way the board fell, Nothing really made too much sense. And I think Vikings fans really need to take this lesson to heart and just kind of get prepared for it because we want it. All three of us think it's a major need and should be a priority, but we got to be honest with ourselves. The Vikings probably don't share that same vision, which is really, really tough. Oh, just my. like they don't share the vision that we need pass blocking. So, I mean, <laughs> well, we, we got some of that in here as well. And, uh, Hold on to your butts, gentlemen. Let's see what happens when I hit this button. Thank you for watching or listening. As always, if you like, subscribe, ring the bell for notifications. And if you're listening to the podcast, please rate us on your watching or listening as always if you like subscribe and ring the bell for notifications and if you're listening to the podcast please rate us on your favorite aggregator skull everybody